I'm back, man. Back for another morning with the faithful. I appreciate everybody that's in here right now, live in the chat. We're going to get into some good stuff today. Talking about, you know, just the impact of some of the guys who I thought played well against Seattle and kind of what to expect from these guys moving forward. So, you know, we've got George Kittle, Aziz Al-Shire, DJ Jones, Dante Johnson, probably the one most people aren't really talking about, but I thought, you know, he played well, Phil. And then we're going to talk about 49ers and how they lower their chances with penalties and self-inflicting wounds. Uh, and all kind of other stuff. So keep it locked right here. San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. Intercepted. It is picked up by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. As always, man, I appreciate everybody that's in the chat right now, everybody that's already contributing. See the fire, the flames coming in, everybody feeling good. Got five flames from our guy, Johnny. Let's go. Let's go. Bigfoot's mom got what? What is that? Eight, nine flames. Let's go. Feeling good. Quest for six. We got five flames this morning. Want to check on everybody's mental health right now. Make sure everybody's doing good. I was supposed to be joined by my guy Jason Aponte this morning, but he's having back injuries, man. It sucks getting old. It sucks getting old. Speaking of getting old, man, we got to take care of ourselves. I think, you know, as we continue, you know, adulting, adult, we 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 start to kind of get into some, I don't know, bad routines, I guess. And me included, man, like, I, my guy, my guy Jesse Booker, he was on yesterday uh, on Twitter, and he had posted how he, uh, you know, he was he he weighed two hundred and twenty one pounds, and he was like, "Man, it's time about to start working out." I said, "Let's go. What are we doing? I'm with you." You know what I'm saying? I stepped on the scale yesterday. I was two hundred eleven pounds. I was like, you know, I'm not supposed to be two hundred eleven pounds. I'm really more of a one ninety five type person. So I want to get down to one ninety five. You guys can join me. Uh, what I'm gonna start doing is before I get on here, I'm just gonna go work out. Take a shower, then hop on here with y'all, man. We got to take care of our body. We got to get in a good, you know, just routine. I know a lot of y'all probably, you know, maybe ain't worked in, worked out in hell long, and it's just like, man, it is what it is. But nah, man, I, I said this earlier about my wife and how she helped me, right, because I was just this really stubborn person. And one thing that always I, I, I kind of tell people is you can always become a better version of yourself. So... If you're out of shape right now, man, and and you know, you know, you know when you look in that mirror, if you don't like how you look and you want to fix that, now is the time. Now is the time. Not tomorrow, not next Monday, not next month, not new year, new me, January 1st, right now. Today's the time. Go do something active. Go walk, walk for 20 minutes. Uh, let's start changing the way we eat. You know, remember Tupac said that let's change the way we eat, let's change the way we live. Let's change the way we treat each other. Uh, Tupac said that. But, um, yeah, man, let's start taking care of ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like on here, every time I come on here and speak, man, it's a family. I see a lot of the same faces, the same names in the chat. So uh, I consider y'all family. So we family, you know what I'm saying? We got to look out for each other. And a big part of that is taking care of ourselves. So appreciate everybody that's in here right now. My guy Brad, appreciate the contribution. He said, any red hats left? 
I have to look. Do I got the paper right here? I don't have it right here. I have to look. I might have one red hat left. And when he says red hat, it's the black with the red logo. I got two, two different style uh, logos. Now, I am, I, this is what I'm going to do for y'all, the faithful. Y'all let me know if y'all want them or not. All right? If so, I'll go ahead and shoot the money to my guy today and get them. I was going to get 49er themed hats where it's this logo, um, but it's red and gold. So I was going to do a red and gold with the same logo. And then maybe something on the side like, you know, faithful or something like that. Y'all let me know if that sounds fresh. Is that something that, that y'all would be interested in? If so, I'll go get that today. I will go get that today. See, my, my dog Big C's in here, bench pressing 375 pounds. I hurt my shoulder. Listen, man, when you start getting older, you don't even got push weight like that. You don't got to push that much weight. I I saw my guy, uh, Will Blackman, this morning tweeted out, like, former athletes, former NFL players, always got to go hit 225 just to make sure you can still do it. You know what I'm saying? And I'll always be able to hit 225, but I'm not really interested in going above that. So I'll rep 225 still on the bench. 315, three, all that out the window for me. Not at this old age. Everything, man, my shoulders start popping and I don't know, all kind of weird stuff. So I ain't going over really 225. I might hit 245 every once in a while, but uh, not really interested in going too much heavier than that. Here we go. Uh, I took a season off from coaching and I gained 15 pounds. Swear to God. Man, I believe you, Trice. It, it happens really fast because we're not as active. Because I know when I'm out there and I'm coaching kids, Man, I'm out there, I'm demonstrating, I'm moving around, right? Like, you know, you just getting like a little routine. Sometimes I'll run routes against them, let them know I still got it. You feel me? So once you stop doing that, man, you start sitting around and you just get in this habit of just working and working. And, okay, I'm going, I'm making money, I'll come home, I'm eating. Oh, let me go get some fast food. And that stuff start adding up real quick, real quick. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to make it happen, man, uh, today. I'm going to shoot my guy over the money. I'm going to get those hats. They will be dad hats, though. So it won't be the flat bills like this. It'll be the straight, uh, it'll be the dad hats. We're going to get those 49er themed ones. Now, there will only be 12. Really, there will only be 11 because I'm keeping one for myself. So it's only going to be 11. So if y'all want them, I don't know if y'all want to pre-order. I don't know because if I post them to social media, they're going to go fast. So I won't post them to social media. I'll keep it just for my folks that tune in every morning. If you guys want a dad hat, it'll be 49er theme. It'll be just like this, Frontline Sports, but it'll have red and gold logo. And I think I'm going to put uh, Faithful on the side if I can do that. If y'all want that, that'll be a special edition. All right. We might have to pre-order them or something. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, appreciate everybody that's in the chat, man. We came in here to talk about 49er football. I noticed way. Uh, I noticed the weight when when I had my second kid. Yeah, same here. Same here. Are right, we gonna get them? Listen, by tomorrow, I, I once I uh, secure everything with my hat guy. Once I secure everything, I'll put it in the chat how you guys can order. We'll do pre-order. I just want to make sure I get everything, and then uh, yeah, I should be able to get those to y'all right away. So. Let's talk about some 49 football and not, not the negative. There were some questions. I don't know if y'all want me. I had a couple questions in DMs. Maybe I'll get to those later. And obviously, I'm going to bring you guys on in a little bit. Uh, but I want to talk about some positives because I felt like yesterday, I don't want to say it was negative. We had to have that talk, right? We had to have that talk. Had to. I don't know if y'all how y'all are about things like that. Like, sometimes it's just a conversation you, you got to have, and there's just a certain way you got to handle it. 
So I came in yesterday a little fired up, and it was like, it got to be this way. Like, we got to have this conversation. There were a lot of comments, and I do want to make it clear. I am not saying Trey Lance is better than Jimmy Garoppolo right now. I'm not saying Trey Lance gives the 49ers a better chance to win right now. I'm not saying scrap the rest of your season just for the de development of a rookie, but I do think Kyle Shanahan has put himself in a little pickle here trying to figure out how to handle the situation. It hasn't gone as expected. Six and six, you know, 12 games in. Not what was expected when you had Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. So, uh, got to figure it out. Is this going to be a wasted year? You're going to just waste this whole time because you expected to win more games with Jimmy. It's not there and Trey Lance. I don't know. We'll see, but um, I'm excited. I'm excited, man. Here we go. George Kittle. Obviously, these guys, uh, I feel like they had a positive impact on the game one way or another. Now, it didn't result in a win, but I thought these, these three guys that I'm about to name right now gave the 49ers a legit opportunity and were consistently good and, and maybe aren't shot. We're not shining enough light on these guys. All right. So we got George Kittle, first and foremost. All right. Nine catches, 181 yards, two touchdowns. I think George Kittle did everything in his power, everything in his power to help contribute to a win. We didn't get the results we wanted. And George Kittle probably didn't get the results that he wanted. But I know one thing. It wasn't because he didn't show up. That was one guy that people were like, hey, we're going to need a big game for George Kittle. We're going to need George Kittle to really pop off. We're going to need him to, to step up in the absence of Debo Samuel. Well, guess what? Damn it. George Kittle did that. He did that. You think of all pro tight end, when you think of leader of the team, and, and you see how he performed, it, it's clear what George Kittle is, man. He's a, I mean, he's a big-time, big-time player. And sometimes it can get a little lost. You know, we see what D, uh, Debo Samuel does and, and the different ways of utilizing him. Matter of fact, I have George Kittle's stats, nine, nine receptions, 181 yards, two touchdowns. He also had a carry. What was that, six, seven-yard carry? Uh, they used him on the little end around. So it was cool to see that, and uh, think uh, George Kittle, man, like he—he's one guy. He's going to continue to really just be a focal point in the offense. Now, I—I I don't want to say I got on him, but for someone who the previous week had one catch for twelve yards or whatever, I don't understand how you go from having one catch for. 12 yard, whatever it was on the screenplay, you go from that to nine for 181 and two touchdowns. So Kyle Shanahan, we got to like, you got to continue to get this guy involved, man. There shouldn't be a scenario where he's just not touching the rock because we see the impact that he can have when he is more of a focal point. Now, again, I know against the Viking game, first play of the game and Kurt Warner showed it. A lot of people posted it. My guy, Rich J. Madrid, he posted it. There were a lot of people that showed that one play against the Vikings where he just Jimmy missed him. So it's like, is that on, is that on Kyle, uh, George Kittle? Is that on Kyle Shanahan? No, but I still think that it should be more of a focal point to continue to get him involved in the offense. You need that. You need that. And I, I get it. And it result in a win, but I thought he did everything in his power to really, you know, say, Hey, look, Give me the ball, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take a steal. That run after catch on the tightrope on the sideline, I saw the, there's a picture of it, and you see his foot on the sideline. And he literally was that far from being out of bounds. But I'm not going to lie, man. Special players, they just do special things. And George Kittle is special. There are things that are tough for certain guys, right, where it's like, okay, and you can justify it. 
right? And this is not about Mac Jones or Josh Allen, but last night, Patriots won. Awesome job. Mac Jones threw the ball three times. Well, the weather showed, like, well, yeah, look at the weather. That's why he didn't throw the ball. But I will say the Buffalo Bills had no issues throwing the ball. Now, it didn't result in a win, and I'm pretty sure if they could run the ball like the Patriots, they probably could have. But still, they were going to utilize the ability to throw the ball, whether it was in a win or not. Some guys, times you just have a guy that's special, and he could just do special things. And Josh Allen was able to throw in that win like it was 80 degrees outside, 80 and sunny. Right, he's just special. He's just different. And when you look at uh, George Kittle and him being able to tightrope that sideline, we can make we can we can make the excuses for why he maybe could have went out of bounds. But special guys do special things. I think George Kittle, man, he is special. So hopefully they continue to utilize him in this way. Nine receptions, 181 yards, two touchdowns, uh, had a carry. It was it was great to see him really like come back alive. Love seeing that. Another guy who I felt like really stood out, man, Aziz Alshair. We're talking about a guy who's coming in for Fred Warner. Everybody was so worried. Fred Warner, he's not playing Fred Warner. Fred Warner, what are you going to do? Oh, man, we're so thin. Drain Greenlaw, like he's out, growing injury. Aziz is going to have to step up. Aziz Alshair, he's been awesome. He has been awesome. He's been such a good football player for the 49ers. A guy who I believe potentially started on like practice squad or something like that. When you talk about developing guys, right? That that's a guy that they've done a really good job of developing. I don't want to speak out and say I don't know what did he start on practice squad? Let's see. Let's see. We probably should look at that before speaking out of my ass. But uh what he's been, man, let's see, pulling up his career right now. With the 49ers, uh, it looks like maybe he's been active the whole time. Let's see, pro career. So he, signed with the, he was undrafted, made his NFL de- debut in the season opener. So he always played. He's been with the 49ers since 2019. Talk about being able to really develop a guy. Undrafted, signed. That's a good find for the 49ers. 16 tackles, a forced fumble, a tackle for loss, and half a sack. Awesome job. Awesome, awesome job by Alshon here. Just showing impact. Clearly, you see somebody 16 tackles. He's running around. He's running to the rock. Half a sack. Awesome job. Tackle for loss. Uh, I mean, forced fumble. Just very impactful. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, his first forced fumble was, was it on that last, the last drive, right? On the goal line? He was the one that popped that out? Big time play. Big time player. Al Shire. I mean, 49ers have done a really good job developing linebackers. I don't know if it's D'Amico Ryans. I don't know if they just have really talented guys and they have someone in their front office that has an eye for evaluating some of these lower-round guys or linebackers. But Aziz, terrific job. Terrific job. Again, 16 tackles, forced fumble, one tackle for loss, and half a sack. That is big-time production in the absence of Fred Warner, who a lot of people were worried about missing. And I'm not going to say that you know, you didn't you didn't miss Fred Warner, but definitely helped when a guy like Al Shire comes in and balls the way he did. Big time job. Uh let's see, what is this? The only thing with Aziz is the lost tackles. So are you saying like some of the missed tackles? But I'll say this, man. In the field, I always say, man, it's good on good. So running backs are good, linebackers are good. At some point, the linebacker is going to make a big, a good play on the running back where maybe he stands up in the hole or whatever. And there's going to be another time where 
the running back makes the linebacker miss. You know what I'm saying? So those things, dude, is good on good. The, the game happens so fast. There will be a missed tackle here and there. But I thought overall, just with his production and, you know, how he showed out in the absence of a Fred Warner, who's your all-pro linebacker, I thought Aziz, man, did a terrific job. Terrific job. Another guy, and this is an interesting stat line. Another guy who stood out. Interesting stat line here. DJ Jones. He has seven tackles. And typically when you see somebody who, you know, he's playing in, on the front defensive line, you think seven tackles. All right. Like how many of them are solo, right? Like how many of them are, are him? Seven solo tackles for a defensive lineman, two tackles for loss. That's, that's big time. And was it DJ Jones? Who, who punched out that? I think it was Quan Alexander, but DJ Jones, man, Seven solo tackles, two tackles for loss from the interior, man. That is good stuff. When when DJ Jones is on, he's good. He's good. I mean, DJ Jones is penetrating. Pause. He was. Terrific job, man. Like, just in the interior. And he flashed right away. Ugh, get in there. He's so quick. He's so light on his feet. I thought DJ Jones had a force fumble, but I think it was, I think it was Quan Alexander. I think it was Quan Alexander. Croc, I think DJ Jones is better than Kenlaw. I would say right now, DJ Jones is better than Javon Kenlaw. But with Kenlaw, it's getting him to, if if he reaches his max potential, which, you know, with draft picks, things like that, it's all about max potential, man. Like, that, that's what it's about. And then how can we get a guy to reach that? So when you look at a guy like DJ Jones, you look at Kenlaw. Kenlaw, he's 6'5", 340 pounds, and he's just as quick and as athletic as DJ Jones. It's freaky. So now it's just like, dude, can you develop some moves? The one thing, you know, about DJ Jones, and yes, right now DJ Jones is better. He's had more time to really develop, right? There weren't the big expectations, DJ Jones, coming to, into the NFL and making the, in the immediate impact. So he got to develop at more of an organic pace, right? There was no rush. There were no high expectations on DJ Jones. It was, all right, you know, you're a mid-round pick. Oh, okay, DJ Jones is playing. Okay, oh, wait, that was a good play. Okay, and then you just let it happen organically. So after three years, four years, you know, he progressively gotten better. And, yes, DJ Jones is better than Kenlaw. Now, the big thing with Kenlaw is, one, higher upside. So if he if he doesn't have the time to develop like DJ Jones, it's like, dude, uh, you are 14th overall. Like, you got to be good right now. So that's tougher, right, coming into the NFL – trying to understand how you have to win, you know, develop pass rush moves. You know, you have a big guy like Kenlaw who is, you know, just more physically gifted, so he won that way in the SEC. You know, you got to learn how to win in different ways, and sometimes that could take time. That's not the issue with Kenlaw that I have. I think the injuries, that's the issue, right? When you're talking about a Kenlaw who – that knee, that knee, you know – <laughs> yeah, you will know. You came into the NFL hurt. Would it ever be better? I saw somebody that um, works with, I don't know if it was on my YouTube channel or on Twitter, but I saw someone talk about it and he said, that knee is, it's never really going to get better. And that's tough. And that's on, that's on the 49ers. They knew then about the knee injury beforehand. They tried to brush it off like it was no big deal. They knew. It's been an issue. All right, so DJ Jones did have a force from. Okay, I thought he had one. I thought he had one. 
Maybe there was another fumble that the 49ers didn't recover, and maybe that was Kawan Williams. Did the 49ers force three fumbles in that game? Maybe. All right, man, and um, appreciate all y'all that's in here right now. I wanted to come in and just give some guys some love that I thought played well. And the biggest thing is, you know, continuing to have this type of success from these guys, this type of production. But the last guy, and again, I, I give these guys praise for different reasons. I don't think he made an impact in this game in the situ in the sense of just high level play or uh, you know anything that really stood out outside of a helmet to helmet penalty. But Dante Johnson, you know, I talk about Josh Norman, right, and kind of why I'm not as down on Josh Norman as other people. A lot of it's because I understand who Josh Norman is. And when I look at Josh Norman, I think he's a guy who, you know, he was on the street <laughs> to start the season. He wasn't he's not a guy that you want starting the season. Everybody talks about, bitch, Josh Norman, cut him to the, cut him for who? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, uh, the, the 49ers, if they had their choice to play somebody better or have somebody better, they would not be playing Josh Norman. The situation is what it is right now. You're, now you're down two starting corners. And I will say, Dante Johnson, he stepped in, and he wasn't an issue. He didn't get picked on. He didn't get bombed on. He did have a helmet-to-helmet -helmet on third down, which the 49ers are trying to get on the field. But uh, Dante Johnson, anytime a cornerback comes in and he's not the issue, he's not getting picked on, I salute that, especially a guy who's lower on the depth chart, right? Now, most people will be like, Dante Johnson, why are you playing him? You don't want to have to play him, just like you don't want to have to play Josh Norman. I, I need y'all to get that through your heads. The 49ers don't want to play Josh Norman. They also don't want to play Dante Johnson. They have to. There is a difference. There's a difference. Now, Dante Johnson being able to step in and not be the issue, that's why, that's why you have him. But listen, he's not your CB1. He's not your CB2. He's not your CB3. He's not your CB4. He's not your CB5. He's your CB6. So all you can expect with him coming in is just, can you come in and not be the issue? Can you come in and not be too bad? And I thought he did a good job of coming in, and you didn't notice him until the helmet-to-helmet -helmet thing. And he came in right away. So what was he in? In the second quarter after uh, Lenore got beat for two touchdowns. So in a situation like that, I, 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 I'm here to help you guys understand. We, we can't look at all guys the same. You can't look at Josh Norman. You can't watch jc jackson and be like oh my god jc jackson he's so good but we got to play josh norman the 49ers don't want to play josh norman i'm telling you they don't so when you see josh norman out there it's because what what other options do they have maybe you go to free agency and you draft i mean you sign uh and i liked uh name man kid's name conley gary on conley maybe you go and get gary on conley or something yeah, you go get Drake Kirkpatrick. Like, you can keep throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. But at the end of the day, anybody that's a free agent right now, anybody that was on the couch week one, they're probably they were on the couch for a reason because nobody wanted them. So when you bring in Josh Norman, you bring in Dante Johnson. Like, Dante Johnson is okay. You've been around. He's versatile. He can play outside, play slot, play safety. Hopefully, he doesn't have to play. But maybe there's a time he does. When does he? When you don't have Jason Verrett. When you don't have Emmanuel Mosey. When Lenore comes in and he's not playing well. When Embry Thomas is not what you thought he would be yet. So, okay. 
I got to throw Dante Johnson in there. And I thought he did a good job. He wasn't the issue. Not the issue. Our secondary is a new version of Kendrick Bourne to our fan base. Just don't like them for no reason. Nate, I love this. I love this. And then my guy, Mr. Uh, BMW Lotus, follows up with this. But, Nate, I love this. Kendrick Bourne had so much hate. So much hate. And it's crazy because now everybody loves him. I, I have always backed Kendrick Bourne for what he is. All right? We, we have to, you have to use context with these things. What was Kendrick Bourne? He was your legit number three. He'd have a game a year where he dropped multiple passes. He'd, he'd have a game a year where he dropped two, three passes. One game a year. And everybody let that one game just be down on him. I, had, I saw people, they were upset with Kendrick Bourne because he... Because he'd like to dance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he had a goal of going over a thousand yards. All right. Our secondary definitely is now the Kendrick Bourne, where everybody wants to find every reason to hate on them and not like them when in reality it is what it is. You would love to have Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley out there. You would love to have Ambry Thomas be further along in his development. They're just not. So you have a guy like Dante Johnson come in, and I thought he played well. No, it wasn't Johnson that gave up the touchdown. It was Josh Norman. So shout out to Dante Johnson coming in, doing this thing. Definitely wanted to come in and, and highlight those guys. I you know I thought they did a really good job of showing up in the game, even though it resulted in a loss. George Kittle, Aziz Alshair, DJ Jones, Dante Johnson. Awesome job by all those guys. Awesome job. Great job coming in and filling in for whatever your role is. Whatever your role is, good job. Real quick, if you haven't already, make sure you guys hit the like button if you like this video. Hit the subscribe button. I appreciate everybody's in here right now. All my folks, man, all my folks that's in here right now. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Go download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com right now and use promo code Crocky. Over-unders, all that stuff. I actually hit on a small little parlay. A small parlay. I had one where I went the under on Kendrick Bourne, the under on Mac Jones rushing yards, and I put $10 down and I won like 25 bucks. So you can do small wagers, win you a couple bucks. All right. All that good stuff. But uh, Underdog Fantasy promo code Crocky. Also, this show is powered by Manscaped. All right. Manscaped, manscaped.com right now. Y'all know what it is. Stop walking around looking crazy. Go get sexy for your lady. Start acting different, you know what I'm saying? After a nice, good manscaping, Manscaped Monday. You know, I got Manscaped Monday every Monday. Uh, go to manscaped.com right now. They got the new performance pack 4.0. Use promo code Crocky. C-R-O-C-K-Y. Get 20% off right now. You know, start walking around looking all, you know what I'm saying, like a, a, a you know, just just wild down there. You know what I'm saying? Clean up a little bit, trim. And it's not just, you know what I'm saying, everybody think that part that they trim. But, you know, you got nose hairs, toes, whatever it is. Go to manscaped.com right now. Use promo code Crocky and get 20% off. Let's do that. All right, man, let's talk about the 49ers. How do 49ers lower their chance to win by having penalties and turnovers? I think this is key because part of it, it's why why does this continue to happen? And I think there's certain there's some level of 
undisciplined or, you know, some level of lack of discipline with this team. These aren't things that just happen every blue moon, right? When you have these injuries and things like that. Even Dante Johnson. I, I just praise Dante Johnson, but now I have to I have to get on them a little bit. That helmet to helmet hit, that's a lack of discipline. We have to understand how they're calling games now. And it's it's not ideal, especially for a defensive player. The game happens fast, but we have to change the way that we that we play this game. On the defensive side of the ball, you just can't fly in there. You gotta change the weight, you gotta move your head, whatever it is. It's tough. I understand it. It's hard, especially with how fast the game moves, especially for a defensive player, especially when you're just trying to knock a big ass Gerald Everett back. But gotta do it. And there's just between that lack of discipline, between Travis Benjamin fumbling on the kickoff return, and Travis Benjamin not supposed to be out there. Again, I always talk about guys you don't want to have, they don't want they don't want Travis Benjamin back there on kickoff returns. They wanted to be Trent Cannon. All right. But it is what it is. 49ers had 10 penalties in that game. It's you hurting yourself. Hurting yourself. Uh, Trent Sherfield blocking the back. Blayton blocking the back. Had another penalty. I think it was a holding. That brought back uh, a nice run by Jeff Wilson. You can't shoot yourself in that foot. Especially with the 49ers. And I think every time the 49ers do things like this, have penalties, have turnovers, they're, they're, it happens for most teams. But at the 49ers, this is happening at an alarming rate in losses. They can't overcome those things. So can they get away with one turnover? Yeah, we saw that against the Vikings. But the 49ers had two interceptions by Jimmy Garoppolo, a sack, which they don't count that sack for safety as a turnover, but that's a turnover in my book, and the fumble on the kickoff. And each time, each one of those things, Set up the Seahawks in great field position. The interception brought Bobby Wagner, great field position. The interception by Diggs and him running the back in the 49ers territory, great field position. The fumble on the kickoff return, great field position. I mean, those are killer. Even more, I mean, like, yeah, okay, you turn the ball over. But those are killer. It's one thing to turn the ball over and you never want to turn over in the red zone, but you make a team have to march 97 yards. That's one thing. But to... Turn it over and just here take these points. Not ideal. Travis Benjamin is back there because Trent Cannon got a concussion and got knocked out the game. That's why Travis Benjamin had to come back there. And he has experience returning kicks. Now, clearly, after the fumble, they took him out and they put in uh they put in Jamichael Hasty. I don't know how much experience Jamichael Hasty has returning kicks, but they definitely went to him right away. So Travis Benjamin, he's back there because he has experience. But you don't want him back there. They want Trent Cannon back there. 49ers can't continue to shoot themselves in the foot with these injuries. They have, to, or not just injuries, excuse me, with these penalties and turnovers. They got to fix it. I think there's a lack of discipline. Typically, lack of discipline starts at the top. I said it on the radio yesterday. I was on 95-7 the game. You're either coaching it or you're letting it happen. And right now, at the rate that is happening with the 49ers, they're letting it happen. So definitely 49ers have to figure out a way to fix both of these issues from a turnover standpoint and a penalty standpoint because they can't win like that. And it hasn't been something every game, but it's definitely reared its head in the losses. You just can't have that. What I mean by that is, you know, you look at the Jaguars game. 
I don't think the 49ers turned the ball over, and I think they had one penalty all game. Something crazy like that, right? And you win handily. 49ers against the Rams. I don't think they turned the ball over, and I'm assuming that they, I think they had one penalty on, uh, let's see if I can find this. Let's see. They had one penalty. I remember Kawan, uh, Kawan Smith with the, I thought it was BS, the pass interference they called on him when he picked it off. That was BS. That was BS. But let's go 49ers. Let's see. How many penalties did they have against the L.A. Rams? I bet it was very limited. So let's see. Pulling up right now, we got the Rams. Team stats. All right, here we go. Penalties. Five for 30. Wait. Damn. Actually, 49ers had nine for 53. So they had nine penalties in that game. Not ideal. 53 yards, not terrible. Not terrible. Nine penalties for 53 yards, that means that it was just like a lot of like false starts or things like that. And even then, when you're having those type of things, to me it comes back to discipline. Discipline. This is a very undisciplined team. Very undisciplined for whatever reason. And they're not going to be able to win like that. I did see a lot of people saying, you know, Fire Hightower. You know, how do you feel about the special teams coordinator? My thoughts on the special teams coordinator, man, is I think the 49ers have bigger issues than special teams. Now, definitely it hurt us in that game. It hurt. It hurt in that game. You fumble and 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 the and the the fake pump for a touchdown. It hurt us in that game. But I just think on a consistent basis, like fire Hightower. Yeah, after the year, handle him. I think there's bigger issues than just Hightower. What's up, Crocky? Back from vacation. Hope Thanksgiving was great. That hat is fire. What's up with Kyle? Not at least uh, trying Trey in the red zone. Appreciate the love for the hat. That hat's coming soon. 49ers edition. Red and gold. You know what I'm saying? Frontline sports. I think I'm going to get faithful on the side some way, somehow. Uh, so you guys stay tuned for that. I should have more information on that tomorrow. But uh, Frontline Sports hats. I have a few available. Not sure I have any red ones. Red logo. I think I have, I have some blue ones. I have the blue logo. For sure, though. But um, I appreciate the love for the hat. Kyle, definitely having a hard time figuring out how to work Trey Lance in. Whether it's in the red zone, whether it's in the open field, I don't, I don't get it. Don't get it. Don't understand it. A guy that could cause so many problems and you have so many different things you can do off of Trey Lance once he's in there. All eyes are going to go towards him. So whether you, whether he keeps it, whether he gives it, whether he throws it, you have so many different options. And I feel like all those options can work at a high level. And he chooses not to play them at all. Don't know. Kyle feels like it throws off his rhythm. So that's what that is. We'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, if he – I don't see them incorporating him anytime soon. For whatever reasons. I had some really good questions on, on him in my DMs. We'll see if we get to those, all right? But I'm trying to stay on track here. I want to talk now about just how maybe some of these injuries affect the 49ers moving forward. Emmanuel Mosley, he's out with a high ankle sprain. And I said it on here yesterday, right? Came on here, and I was talking about it. And I said, listen, if it's an ankle sprain, you come back. You finish the game. You wrap it up. Oh, I rolled my ankle. You wrap it up. Your adrenaline gets you through. Once you cut your tape off at the end of the game, your ankle's swollen, uh, but you end up playing through it. Oh, hold on. Let me, 
I meant using him at the end of the game in the red zone. Well, Eddie, it, I think it's hard to use. It's hard to use Trey Lance at the end of the game in the red zone when you haven't utilized him in the red zone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They've done it well, a couple times, whether it was in the Cardinals game, they did it in the Packers game, they did it in the Lions game. So there's a few games where they have utilized Trey Lance in the red zone. Obviously, we've seen some positive uh, from it, and we've seen uh, you know some negative from it. But more times than not, there's been more positive, whereas the touchdown run against the Packers, whereas a touchdown throw against the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, obviously got stopped on the one-inch line against the Cardinals. Not ideal, but I do think he gives you a really good, you know, he opens everything up down there for you. So why do you don't utilize him? I don't know. But if they haven't made that a focal point in their red zone offense, I don't expect them to do it at the end of a game in a clutch time against Seattle Seahawks. But let's get back to these, uh, you know, these injuries. And we look at Emmanuel Mosley and the impact of him. We'll get to Mosley's injury, Mitchell, Wilson, Debo, and some of these things that are kind of transpiring with these guys. All right. Uh, let's get to Mosley first. I mean, we're talking about a guy who he came off the field, had the injury. And, and I said it. When you don't come back from an ankle injury, you you that's a high ankle sprain. <laughs> I know because I had a high ankle sprain. My last year playing, I had a high ankle sprain. I understand. I had to leave the game. The game, it might have been the game before that in Tampa Bay. I rolled my ankle. Crazy. I never had any ankle injuries at all, ever, ever in my life. Matter of fact, I never missed a game in my life due to injury until my very last year and basically I haven't played since. All right. So I rolled an ankle against Tampa Bay. This is an arena league. All right. I mean, I wrote it bad. I actually have like, there's like this little video too. You can see it. I mean, I wrote it bad. Maybe one day I'll show y'all. But I taped it up. I finished the game. Now, after the game, ankle was swollen, looked like a, a, a apple or something. I mean, it was bad. You know, rehabbed around the clock, went back, played the next game. A couple games later, somebody dove into my ankle, high ankle sprain. I thought I, I thought I snapped my ankle in half. It was one of the most painful things I've ever experienced. I broke my jaw. Uh, heading into my senior year of college during spring ball. I got hit during punt returns uh, in practice during the scrimmage. I got hit, boom, I broke my jaw. And that that wasn't wasn't nearly as painful. The actual like breaking my jaw as the high ankle sprain. The high, high ankle sprain was crazy. So when I saw him go out and not come back, I said high ankle sprain. It's regular ankle sprain, you're coming back. Now, what impact does that have Moving forward, we're talking about a guy who's projected to, to be out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain, right? And that's hopefully. So now, I mean, we thought we were thin with Jason Verrett at, out. Now you have Emmanuel Mosley out. To not have two of your best corners, get ready to complain a lot. Y'all complain. I won't complain. You know why I won't complain? Because I have no expectations in starting Dante Johnson and Josh Norman. I don't have expectations for them. Hopefully the front gets there. Hopefully the offense scores enough points. I understand what Dante Johnson and Josh Norman are. They're your, excuse me, fifth, sixth, seventh corners. I, I want you guys to understand that. We said it here first. Don't have no expectations. Don't even, don't even get worked up. You know who they are. You know, it's like, Someone asked me one time, how do I deal with disappointment? And I said, well, I don't really get disappointed like that because I don't 
put my expectations on other people and what I feel like they should be. I look at people's actions, how they move, and I judge them based on that. We know what Josh Norman is. We know what we know what Dante Johnson are. They, they, I don't have high expectations because they weren't coming in to be the starters. So why should my expectations be high? They're in. It's not ideal. Don't even waste your energy on that. All right. Hopefully, the front uh, rushes well. Hopefully, you know, Tart, Ward, Hufunga can make a play, cover up. Hopefully, uh, you have a linebacker back in, in, in Fred Warner, and maybe one of these guys make a play. But if Dante Johnson and Josh Norman give up some stuff, don't don't waste your energy on being upset with that. <laughs> don't, don't waste your energy on that. Just know we expect that. They weren't brought in to be the guys. All right? So mostly being out, it hurts. And especially for the extended period of time that he's going to be out, four to six weeks. That's damn near the rest of the season. He's done for the year. Damn near. Unless they go to the playoffs, then you'll get him back. And then now you're throwing a cornerback out there that hadn't played in six weeks. He might be done for the year. Not ideal. 49ers will, they will. Uh, see, now I have issues with this. How can we say the 49ers haven't addressed the backfield? They just drafted two corners. Or are you saying they didn't they didn't draft corners as high as you would like? But they did just draft two corners. Third round, fifth round. And with when the, when they drafted Ambry Thomas, I know I saw um Jim Nagy. Jim Nagy, he's the uh the coordinator over the senior bowl. They had they would have had if if he would have came back if Embry Thomas would have came back for the next year, he would have been the highest corner on their board for a senior bowl. So Embry Thomas wasn't like this just bum or something like that. With him, things not going according to plan right now, I don't know what that is, but that wasn't what the expectations were for him for a lot of people. Most people think he went third round where he did because he didn't play last year. So it was like, okay, he was solid. They were expecting big things from him the next year at, at Michigan, and he just opted out because of COVID. Then he went to the draft. But that was kind of it's, – it's more shocking that he's doing bad and not able to see the field than not. Like some people was like, okay, not seeing the field. Okay, mid-round draft pick. Okay. With him, people were expecting him to be a higher pick and potentially a, like a, a early day two pick the following year. They did address the secondary, though. Maybe just not like you would like. Asante Samuel Jr. is a monster. He was a guy that I really liked, but I also would, I think sometimes when you don't watch a guy, you have like this higher opinion of them. I would I would say watch three games of the, stand, of the Chargers and then watch him specifically and then compare him to like D'Amador Lenore or anybody else and see if how it matches up. Not saying it's good or bad, but sometimes when you just don't see a guy on the, on the uh, on a everyday basis like we do with 49ers and pay so much attention to things, our our opinion is a little skewed. I would watch him. But, yeah, we got some injuries, man. And I think some of this, you know, you look at guys we talk about Mosley. You know, Eliza Mitchell, he's someone that continues to kind of get banged up here and there. But I, I don't think there's going to be any issue with him moving forward. We got uh, Wilson. We'll see with him. He, he left the game. You know, now you have to lean more on Eliza Mitchell. And that's not, you know, giving him all those carries, especially with people continue not to respect Jimmy Garoppolo as a downfield downfield passer and and 
they're really kind of daring the 49ers to throw the ball with him. You're going to face these boxes that, that Elijah Mitchell just keeps running into. And you got to hope that just the run blocking opens it up. But everybody's there. I, I heard uh, Kyle Shanahan say uh, Wilson's knee swelled up. And he said sometimes that happens and it'd be like a couple days before it gets better. So, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. Debo Samuel, him being out one more week. That's what it is. That one to two weeks. We'll see if he comes back this week. I'm pretty sure they'll try to see if they can get him in there. But Debo, definitely a guy who we want to see out there on the field. His impact, I don't know how his impact was missed in that game. And the reason why I don't know is because his impact is, is weird. It can't be, like, quantified by, like, numbers and things like that. It's – he can score on any given play. So it's hard to just pick and choose, like, or see, like, man, would they have used him like this or this like that? I mean, it could be just a slant and him take it to the crib. It could be a run and him run it. He can end up getting eight carries. I don't know. But it's hard to see, like, man, how did we miss Debo Samuel? Because he does so much and they use him so many different ways. But if they don't have him again against the Cincinnati Bengals, I do think that that's a big impact. You need all, you need all hands on deck right now. All hands on deck. You need everybody firing firing on, on all cylinders. 49ers right now can't afford to shoot themselves in the foot. When you don't have guys out there like Emmanuel Mosley, if you're going to be missing him, if you're not going to have Debo Samuel, you have to be extra disciplined, and the 49ers just have not been that disciplined team. Real quick, I want to make sure everybody has like and subscribe. Make sure you guys hit that like button for me. Click the chat down. Hit the like button. Got 163 of my good folks in here. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Go bet on some over, under, prop bets, all that good stuff. They also got fantasy stuff, not just football. They got football, baseball, basketball. You can do over, unders on all that stuff. Rivals where you pin two guys against each other. Who's going to do better in this game? You know, Le LeBron James or Kevin Durant? You look at their numbers, you pick the guy who you want, and um, go make you some money. So, Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Do that right now. Also, Manscaped, the show is sponsored and powered by Manscaped as well. Manscaped.com, go get it right now. You got the performance pack 4.0. Go get 20% off of that using promo code Crocky. All right, here we go. I'm putting you guys on now. Let's get it, man. I want to hear your guys' opinions on what's going on surrounding the 49ers. I do want to know, and I think I'm going to ask all of you guys this question. You know, how do you deal with getting over a loss? 49ers just had a tough loss to the Seattle Seahawks. How do you deal with it? I'll tell you how I deal with it. And obviously, you guys can come on and tell me how you deal with it. The way I deal with tough losses is I look to the next game. There's a there's a thing in football, really in sports. You got the 24-hour rule, especially in football. You got 24 hours to dwell on it, be upset with it, be mad at it. You got 24 hours. Once that 24 hours is over, you got to crumble it up <laughs> and throw it away. All right, you got – I just missed the trash can. You got to crumble up, Kobe. I missed. You got to crumble it up and throw it away after the 24 hours. So that's kind of how I deal with it. I got my guy Dion coming on. And I want to ask Dion how he deals with tough losses. All right. Dion, my guy, how do you deal with a tough loss? Uh, man, it uh, that same day, uh, yeah, don't bother me. That same day, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a happy camper. Um, but that next day, 
Honestly, I look at what happened, what can be improved, and what needs to be done, and that's it. That's exactly how I do it. Um, you know, when it comes to the 49ers and that loss, uh, to be honest with you, it's just it's a reflection point. And everybody should be smart enough to understand that we are struggling to be able to provide an offense outside of the run game. Because the first, the, before that last game, the, the three, last three games, 44, 41, and 39 times. And what was that? Rushing attempts. So that tells you we're running the ball down people's throats no matter what. Even against the Jags when we had like the crappiest uh, yards per carry you could think of, we still forced it because we knew at the end of the day that that was the way we were going to win the game. Limit Jimmy's throws and, you know, run the ball. This game, we didn't limit Jimmy's throws and we threw the ball. And we did it against Seattle of all teams. Who knows Jimmy Garoppolo? I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Bobby Wagner loves to play Jimmy Garoppolo. He has his number. He knows. Like, I, I, to, to, to give you a, a good laugh, you remember uh, Friday after next? You remember when they was coming down the steps and Damon caught him slipping? That's what, that's what Bobby Wagner did to Jimmy Garoppolo. He basically grabbed him. He said, if you don't throw a mother bleeping interception today, we're going to get real mother and acquainted. And what did he do? He threw him that interception. He punks him consistently, and he knows what he's going to do. He salivates when he sees Jimmy Garoppolo because he already knows the ineptitude and he knows the negative deficiencies that come along with him. You know, did we not get a couple of calls? Hell yeah. Trent Sherfield was basically hugged while trying to get into that route on that last play. Everybody saw that, but the refs didn't, and they didn't see a lot in this game. But at the end of the day, you can't leave the game up to the refs, especially not in someone else's house and expect to get the call. So did we shoot ourselves in the foot a couple of times? Yes. Two of those were interceptions by Jimmy Garoppolo. The other stuff was just, you know, plays from, the, from, from you know, the defense played as best they could. But you can't always have your back against the wall and expect the defense to come out on top. It's not their job to consistently bail you out when you continue to screw it up, you know, and for me, yeah, I, I agree with whoever said, why wouldn't you put Trey Lanson in, in the red zone? You have no business running a read option with Jimmy Garoppolo, ever. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a read option quarterback. We all know that man is a statue. On that safety in the end zone, he stood there and allowed it to happen. Like, bro, you when the pocket collapses, I get that you want to stand in there and deliver it. But if you looked left, right, and left again, and there's nothing there, you need to shift the pocket. You need to move. Because the linemen are only going to be able to hold up for so long. And you can't put this on, you know, on everybody. And why do we run the ball? Because we mask Tom Compton's deficiencies. We know he can't pass block to save his life. So we try to get the ball out as quick as we possibly can so that he looks better. But that's the unfortunate issue, man. Like, I don't understand. Like, it doesn't make sense to me, man. So for me, when I when I have a when we have a loss like that that same day. I'm pretty down about it, but the next day I look at what 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 happened, what could be done, and we continue to move on, man. That that's basically what it is, and I don't in any way, shape, or form think about it after that. I move on, you know, like I'm thinking about Cincinnati right now, what they bring to the table, and how we gonna try to cover T Higgins and Jamar Chase with Josh Norman and Dante Johnson. Like I'll this say is- this, I, I saw somebody in the in the chat say something about it, like, let me go to. 
T. Higgins had like 150 yards last week. So this is my thing. I keep saying, you know what? I saw Matt Mayoko, I believe it was, say it. You know what? And I'm going to pull up this tweet real quick. Hang in there with me. Hang in there with me. Because Matt Mayoko, had, he made a great point. And here we go. Hold on. Let me look at his tweets. And and, and I hope this puts some things in perspective. Because I'm always saying it. But I feel like y'all hear me say it all the time. And maybe y'all are like, well, Croc, you're just, you're just kind of talking. All right. So I'm hoping. Let me find this. Here we go. Here we go. Matter of fact, let me share the screen for y'all so y'all can see this tweet. Okay. Share screen. Because everybody just thinks I'm always talking. And I always try to get you guys to understand that there's way worse. <laughs> there, it could be worse. So here we go. Can y'all see that? Here we go. So it says, we can all agree the 49ers, and this is the key part right here, like most teams, have issues at cornerback. Again, I'm going to repeat. We can all agree that the 49ers, like most teams, have issues at cornerback. But the overall pass defense has been better than I expected. It was actually one of the bright spots versus Seattle with three takeaways and just 4.4 net yards allowed per uh, pass attempt. So what basically what he's saying is, and this kind of goes along with what, what I've been trying to tell people. Mm-hmm. It can be way worse in the secondary than what we have. Even with a Josh Norman out there, even with a Dante Johnson out there. So we can say, well, oh, just, like, listen, if Jamar Chase going to get up, Jamar Chase done got off against hella teams, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for him to have a big game against the 49ers. If he does, it won't be because, oh, well, 49ers corner suck. It might just be because, well, maybe He's Jamar Chase is really good. Yeah, you know, if T. Higgins gets off, everybody talking about Sante Samuel Jr. and stuff. Listen, I don't know who was going T. Higgins versus LA last week, but Higgins had like 150 yards in a touchdown. All right, so whatever, whoever they had guarding him, Sante Samuel was on that field too, and he went for 150. Yeah. So uh, that's why it's like, okay, it's hard to guard in the field. It's hard to cover, and it definitely gets harder when you're when you don't have your top two cornerbacks out there. So, are the 49ers corners going to get towards again? I don't have a high expectation for the guys that they have on the field right now. And my expectations for just the cornerback position in general has dropped. And I feel like it's more beneficial to have a really strong pass rush as opposed to having what people think are big name corners on the outside. That That's just kind of my, the way I'm seeing it, where, where the NFL is going right now. Yeah. And I can, I completely understand that, you know, it's just, we, we're going to have to work with whatever we got um, and continue to keep these, you know, keep these guys rolling. Um, you know, it, for me, the situation was honestly the Amadolu Nor ain't played in God knows how long. So I don't know how people really expected him to come in and just go back to, you know, playing extremely well, you know, and, and he had had so many games off where he was just inactive um, and or just standing on sidelines dressed, you know, so it, it, it's, it's definitely different. Um, you know, Joe Burrows came out and said, hey, I'm playing with what I got to gnaw this finger off or it's going to be beat up and mangled. I don't care. I'm going to play. Um, but I think the the number one issue with a lot of us, too, was Jimmy's, you know, his demeanor after the game. Like every time we lose it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's tough. You know, yeah, man, it's, it's a tough loss. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Bro, you just lost. Well, Jim, well, why Jimmy are you laughing? Why do you, why, yeah, he has one foot in and one foot out. So I can understand that. But I mean, at a bare minimum, man, you know, try to fake it. You know, fake it till you make it, bro. Like, because at the end of the day, it's, you know, you got people out there that'll argue back and forth. We should play Jimmy or Trey, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I am just saying it, it, it to me just shows that if you wind up with a losing season and you don't make the playoffs, you've wasted a year of Trey Lance's development. He could have been on the field learning and getting these growing pains out because next year when he comes in, everybody's going to be like, oh, man, look, he threw interception. He's trash. We should have kept Jimmy. You're going to have to let that young man get on the field and learn, and that's all he's going to be able to do. He's not going to be perfect coming right out the gate, people. No one ever is. It's extremely rare. You don't have Andrew Luck walking in the door when he first came out. You know what I'm saying? Peyton Manning sucked his first year. He was 4-11. and 11. So, you know, it, these people, you can't have we'll high expectations. That. You know, we'll but we, we, I, I feel you. We'll, we'll talk about the expectations of yes, Trey sir. Nash when it's time. But I'm going to get the next caller on, Dan. I appreciate you coming on. All bro. right, bro. Have a good day. Uh, all right. All right, here we go. Next next person on, I got my guy Jedi. Jedi, what's good, bro? What's good with you? Uh, you hear me, Crop? Yeah, but you, your volume is real low. Okay. Uh, I, can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. Okay, so um, after a loss, um, to answer your question, if I was a coach, I'm probably going to want to look at the tape. I'm probably going to want to take some notes. I'm going to want to step back. Uh, from the emotion of the loss and look at the big picture. Where are we going? And be real. Like, answer the question honestly to myself. And if I feel like the long-term goal of a Super Bowl win isn't reachable, then I'm going to make some tough decisions as a coach. And I'm But what about as a fan? Yes. Yes. How, so how do you deal with it as a fan, though? Say that again. How do you how do you deal with a tough loss as a fan? As a fan, um, I just try to honestly, Croc. I think just like this. I didn't make any decisions. I didn't. You know, they're not listening to me. They're not listening <laughs> to what my decisions want to be. They don't. Right care to take in anything that I have as far as input. So I kind of I listen to people like you that help me vent what I'm feeling in the inside out and then I just kind of just let it go because there's nothing as fans quote unquote we can do because they're not listening to us and if they make it a point to tell us that they don't listen to us. So you know they they have their plan and they have their agenda and they have I guess what they feel like is best for them but I don't know, man. It's just as a fan, you have to kind of compartmentalize this stuff and not let it get too much into under your skin. Because at the end of the day, a lot of us want Trey in. You know, a lot of us want, uh, you know, what's best for the franchise. But right now, we're not, I mean, we're just not in control. And I think Kyle and, well, Kyle Shanahan, hasn't had that coming to God moment yet. He still feels like we are in playoff contention. 
and he has told us over and over and over, and I'm tired of him saying it, that until we are out of playoff contention, which is a, it's a, it's so stupid to say, but he says it. We're out of playoff. Well, we won't be prior. What if we're not out of playoff contention until week 17? Now what? Now, you know, it's just, it's just the whole thing, Crop, is just so, it's tiresome. It's stressful. It's, it's a winch, wash, and repeat of dumbness. Winch, wash, repeat. It's the same thing. And it, it, I don't understand. I, I'm starting to think the trade thing, it's got to be a locker room thing because you don't call a read option for Jimmy Garoppolo, man. You just you don't do that when you have Trey Lance on the sideline. So the only thing I could think, Kyle's not dumb. This is not a man that's dumb. He's very smart. So calling that play and not putting Trey Lance in, I, I would, as a reporter, I'm going to keep asking you, what were you thinking until you give me a decent answer because it just doesn't make sense. So with this loss, I was more angry because I saw where we could use Trey. But at the same time, it goes back to I'm a fan and I have to be a fan and there's nothing I can do or say to change their mentality about what they feel like they want to do. All right, man, I appreciate that. Well, well said, guy. I'm going to get the next call on. I appreciate you coming on, Jedi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Croc. All right. Here we go. I got my guy Ryan on. What's good, Ryan? How, how do you deal? How do you deal with with losses? With from the 49ers? All right. First thing first is all losses aren't the same. So there's going to be a different reaction depending on who we lose against and how we lose. So for this game, I mean, I'm hiding fish grease. So for me, I got to turn off the TV, not get on the internet. And in my pastime, I watch anime. So I got to go watch a kid show. Anime? Animation. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I need my mind to go all the way left because I'm, I'm hot. So I watch anime for about an hour or something. I'm going my mind off so I'm going to think about it. And I probably, for the first 16 hours, I just can't watch nothing because I'm reviewing everything in my brain about what happened, what went wrong, especially when we lose against Seattle. Like, it's a different type of loss when you lose against Seattle. So I'm just heated. But after then, I can slowly start, you know, watching film or listening to interviews or looking at press clippings to hear what we have to say. Because what happened was I watched Jimmy G. Like Dion was saying, he was giggling. <sighs> and I was like, no personal responsibility. Always what we did is we did it. Now, bro, I shouldn't have thrown some balls that we threw today. It put us in some positions early in the game. And I have to be better. Like, I would love to hear that, but I didn't hear it. But so that's what I go through. I watch me some TV, maybe go wash some clothes, play with my kids. And then eventually I'll start back to, you know, catching up on what everybody was saying, like you and the other beat writers and stuff like that. I do notice, you know, obviously like with uh, the Locked On 49ers draft, we can see our numbers. So when the 49ers are losing, we see a drop in our numbers. So we, we, I, I know one thing for sure. When the 49ers lose, the fans have a hard time, you know, like just hearing about it. So we, we could see that in a reflection of our numbers. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I'll make sure next time, even in a loss, I'll just put it on YouTube and hit the play button or on, on Spotify just so make sure the numbers don't change. But I can't listen because I'd be like, 
<laughs> man, I be wanting to yeah. do something damn. It's like, you know, I got brothers. So it's like, it's one thing to lose your friend, but when you lose against your brother, it's a different type of flaw. And so that's how I feel like Seattle, never being the conference, you know, in the same division as we are in, and been, man, we done lost to these kids for a whole decade, man. And it just gets so depressing. Ah, anywho, yeah. Somebody said uh, fans fans are sore losers for sure. And and I agree. I mean, I know I'm a sore loser. I hate losing. I have a uh, saying, you, gotta, you have to hate losing more than you like winning. Yeah, I think people who compete, because I play football, basketball, baseball. I played sports my whole life, taught physical education, and I did um, fitness training. As a competitor, I just hate, I just don't like losing. It just, it's, it's inside of me. It draws me to become better. It shows me my deficiencies and things I can work on myself. And so it's just, um, well, yes, I hate losing, not only as a fan, but as a competitor, it drives me to become better, man. And so I don't think, you know, it's just all about being a sore loser. It shows you what you need to work on. All right, man. All right, Ryan, man, I appreciate you coming on. Peace I'm going to get the next caller on. Ryan be getting out hella fast. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, Ryan, over. and then he's like, boom, he just disappears. <laughs> um. Here we go. I got my guy, Matt. He's been waiting patiently, man. Matt, what's good with you? Matt, how do you deal with losses? Uh, what's up, Croc, man? Uh, again, thanks for uh, letting me come on on, on, on your podcast and, uh, and express my views and everything. Um, me oh, personally, how I, how I deal with losses, man, is like, per, like I said, I love the game. And so, like I said, I'm always watching different teams, watching different games. How I deal with losses, I try to Look, I, I, of course, I'm mad because I'm a I'm a Niner fan. Um, but like I said, what I do, I usually get like a little drink or whatever. <laughs> try not to go too, try not to go too crazy. I drink whether we win or lose. But if we lose, I'm I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> hey. If we lose, I, that that bottle might get drunk by myself. <laughs> yeah. What are you drinking on? Uh, I usually I like I like tequilas and like Casamigos and Terramines and stuff like that. I, I kind of like to you know like like I like to have stuff that keep me. Uh, I, I'm I, I'm more like a happy drinker. I like to have fun and joke around when I'm drinking. I don't like to be all mad and cussing and fussing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, for the most part, yeah. But what you gonna ask me, Elf? Oh yeah, no, nah, I, yeah, I, tequila is not really my drink of choice, but I will say. Uh, this past weekend, so every Tuesday and Thursday, usually I'll go with my wife. We'll go have uh, it's like Taco Tuesday at this Mexican restaurant down the street, and they have these like uh, two dollar margaritas. So I never had margaritas before, but I finally had some. I'm like, damn, these things are good because you know I'll be drinking like Maker's Mark. Uh, I'll drink you know Hennessy. You know I'm more more you know dark liquor. You know, but yeah, they got some tequila in that in that. Uh, and those margaritas or whatever is pretty tasty. Pretty tasty. <laughs> How, yeah, what, are you, what are some of your thoughts on? I know I've been having everybody come on and just talk about, you know, how they handle losses and whatnot. But what are what are your thoughts just on just the team? Like, how do you view the 49ers right now? Do you do I, you view them as a? Do, somebody said avocados. This, that's exactly where I go. How do you know where I go? I go to avocados. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I view them as a playoff team because right now, right, everybody wants 49ers go to the playoffs. Do you? And I know anybody can make a playoff, and I know once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. But do, do you view them like this is a playoff team? Is that how you see the 49ers? Uh, 
I mean, yeah, I, I see him. As, I see him as a playoff team. I feel like we have the talent to 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 be a playoff team. We have all pro guys on on each side of the football. We have all pro uh two all pro D linemen in 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 Boston in Armstead. We got uh, all pro or former all pro in Norman. I don't. He, he's a shell of himself, but. Jimmy Ward's been playing Pro Bowl level. Tart's been playing Pro Bowl level, in my opinion, in that back end. We got Debo. We got Elijah Mitchell. We have enough to be a playoff team. I don't want to hear any excuses. Like I, I don't like. Like I said, man, we we haven't been playing up to potential, but we are a playoff team, in my opinion, Croc. Like I do believe we are a playoff team. So, so what what do you think the biggest issue is right now? The biggest, um, like I said, I mean, well, the biggest issue is inconsistency, inconsistency, and um, like I said, when when the run game gets shut down, there are no, uh, there are not that many alternatives. And as you can see, they stack the box with Jimmy. They know what he's gonna do. I mean, he's he's not the problem. I'm not gonna sit up here and, and bash Jimmy, um, even even though I'm I'm ready to see Trey, but um. Like I said, the the issue right right now, like I said, we can beat the 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 sorry teams, but we can't for some reason when we play against a playoff team, we're not being able to beat them. And it's like I said, we we look like a a, a middle of the pack. We look like a five hundred to to uh to seven seed to six key wild card type of team, but we can be better. We're not reaching our potential right now because of I don't know. It's a it's a I do know it's a bunch of stuff, but we have to get this thing together before in the playoffs. And hopefully when Debo comes back, he'll kind of help out the run game as well. But really, like I said, I'm going to continue to keep the faith, man. And like I said, I appreciate you for um for coming in and letting me speak my piece, man. Is it all right if you uh plug plug my new channel and everything? Oh, for sure. Yeah, go ahead. Right away. Yeah, do all that. Oh, yeah, man. Um, It's called Matt Cook and Smoke um, Sports. And um, like like I said, basically I'm just talking 49er content. You know I'm a Niner fan. I'm talking Lakers content. Um, I just started maybe like a week ago and everything. So I'm I'm just you know trying to get on my feet and fresh with it. But like I said, Croc man, I appreciate you for letting me come on your come on the panel and come and um come and uh, speak my piece and everything. And like thanks for motivate you helped motivate me to want to st- get my thing started and want to do some um some things on my own and. And every morning I listen to your podcast, and like I said, it motivated me, helped me keep the faith, and I appreciate it, man. Hey, real quick, uh, just if you want any advice on, on, like, you know, kind of getting into this whole thing, I think the biggest thing is, like, consistency. You know what I'm saying? That, like, that's what I've learned. And have somebody that's always in your ear or in your corner. I got my guy Chris, my guy Chris right here, uh, Roscoe's. We talk every day. I don't think there's a day that goes by that we don't talk or FaceTime. And Chris is always giving me different ideas or, hey, try this or do this or, you know, limit this or, you know, have somebody that also, like, wants to see you win and, uh, and you know, take advice. I'm, I've always been very open to, you know, whether it's coaching. And I have one of my old coaches uh, coming on right now. He's about to come on and he'll let you know. But I've always been very open to, you know, either, you know, just advice or constructive criticism or whatever. But the big, biggest thing, especially with, with the podcast and stuff, most people, they'll get into it because it's like, oh, I want to get into podcasting. And they get in, but it's maybe they're not getting the results that they want, and then they just fall back, right? Then they just stop doing it. Some Most of these things, and I think for any business and most business owners to tell you, it takes a year, two years, three years 
before it really starts to bubble. So um, if this is something that you want to do, man, there's going to be a lot of hours, a lot of time, a lot of things that you do that, you know, that you put into it and you might not be getting back that, that love just yet, but eventually, you know, over time it'll grow and it continue to get bigger. So that, that's my only kind of advice I have. Well, thanks, man. Like I said, man, I appreciate, appreciate it, man. Like I said, I listen to your show every morning, help get me through the morning, help get me through the day, help motivate me, not just with Niner shit, but just with life things, period, man. Everything, man. So like I said, appreciate it, man. Take it easy. Have a great day, man. Have all a right, blessed all one. Good. And, one, and, and one more thing, man, put the, uh, put the link in the chat so I can try to, I don't know if I'm able to copy it. I'm not, I'll, I'll put your link to your YouTube channel in the, in the chat or, or whatever, then I'll, I'll try to uh, post it in there so people can click it or something. All right, bro. All right. Appreciate it, man. All right. Here we go real quick. Got my guy Eddie coming on. Eddie, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Crocky. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, um, but just based on experience, the way I deal with 49er losses is I just get analytical with it. Right. I just dive in. We have these, you know, podcasts. I love your podcast. Locked on 49ers is great. Right. Um, and I just look at, you know, I'll look at tape, look at film of the game and just kind of pick it apart a little bit and see, you know, where guys made mistakes, um, where they could probably try and get better for the next game. And that helps me just deal with the loss. Right. Get over the emotional response or, you know, where I'm upset, I'm pissed off. I get over it and say, oh, man, all right, I see where he made a mistake. I see where he went left, should have went right. He took a bad angle here, and it just helps me deal with the emotional part. The, right. the, just and kind of understanding that there's a human element to it, right? 100%, right? 100%. And that helps me get to the next game quicker. I can transition to the next game and say, all right, we got Cincy coming up. What do the you know players need to do to have a better result? So now when I watch that Cincy game, I'm, I'm looking for those things, right? I'm looking for uh, Tom Compton to hold his block better. I'm looking for Brunskill when he's out on, and he's pulling, that he actually makes contact. That was one of the things I noticed about this game. He whiffed, I don't know, four or five times. And my nine-year-old son, yeah. he could see it, right? So we're kind of analyzing. So it helps me move on, right, past the just straight emotional, angry response. My wife, you know, she knows I'm pissed off, so she's staying away. I can get through that. By looking at it that way from an analytical point of view. Oh, that definitely helps. And, and last thing I just want to ask you, like, you know, how are you feeling about the team right now? You know, obviously we're the 49ers are 12 games in, they're six and six. Are you are you optimistic that they can kind of flip that switch and start to be more consistent? We saw a three-game stretch where they played that good football. Do you think they can get back to that down down the down the stretch of this season and finish really strong and be a strong playoff team and not a team that just kind of makes it just because it's you know a weak uh bottom part of the nfc right now yeah so the way i look at that is kind of just from my point of view right what i do for work for example right i'm always trying to get better results get better results and i have people under me that i train right i coach and i always tell them look i get there's emotions there's all these other things but the bottom line, results, right? Yeah. And the 49ers have corrected some things, right? They went on that three-game winning streak after losing, I think, four in a row. So, you know, we know that they can improve. They can they can fix things. The question is, is how consistent are they at doing that, right? And based on what we've seen so far, they're not very consistent. So I want to be optimistic, 
I want to be excited. I, you know what I mean? I want to all gas, no brakes. Like I see the Robin Sala comment, right? Like I want to be that again, <laughs> but they got to get that out of me as a fan, right? Like they got to get in the lab, get to work, fix those things. Kyle, you need to be consistent with your play calling. One thing I did notice that does concern me a lot is when they're in a game and things don't go according to plan, I think the 49ers have this like attitude where they kind of fold, right? Like things aren't going fantastic. You know, Jimmy's not uh, making completion after completion. Maybe the Seattle, the Seahawks, you know, load up the box, stop the run. And it's almost like a, oh man, here we go. Kind of attitude, right? I don't want to see that. Right. I want to see leaders on the field, right? And I mentioned that weeks ago when we were kind of in that skid. We talked about, you know, who are the leaders of this team? Who's going to grab you by your collar and go, hey, man, get you got to do your job. You got to be here. You got to get this done. And then who holds them accountable when they don't? That's, I, to me, in any organization, that's super important that you have accountability. And if you don't get your job done, you know it's at risk. Guarantee you, I'm, I'm originally from Boston. I think I told you that before, right? Yeah. yeah. Belichick ain't having that, man. Belichick is not having... Daniel Brunskill or whoever, you know, not do their job multiple times. And then you still get the opportunity to, to play. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that matters in any organization. Like you screw around, you don't do your job, you know, for the rest of us in the regular world, we're fired. We're fired. It's simple as that. Right. So they have to kind of have that, that element in, in the organization or else, you know, you're going to get results that are inconsistent and no one does anything about it. And then the next thing you know, it's Kyle's neck. It's John's neck. So that's that's how I feel about that. I want to be optimistic, but based on what I've seen, I, I got to be real, right? Like I got to be real. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I should be optimistic. Man, I appreciate that. I appreciate that talk, Eddie. Thanks for coming on. You got it, man. Appreciate it. All right. My guy Eddie does sound like Robert Sala. <laughs> I see uh, my guy here says, uh, is Apati coming on today? Apati's not coming on. I, I mentioned it when we first got on here. He's old and got this bad back or something like that that he's dealing with. So uh, y'all send Apati some uh, good good well wishes. Get well wishes, man. Guy's going through it. Bad back. That's tough. Also, uh, on the rocks, I'm not a frozen drink type person. Man, give me that. Give me that. Uh, if I'm going to drink, drink a margarita, it's got to be on the rocks. All right, here we go. Got my guy coming in. Coach Rob. What's oh, up, Coach shit. Rob? Oh, my bad. What's up, man? <laughs> There's so much we What's can up? talk about this, man, with the Niners, bro. First of all, I'm born and raised in the city of San Francisco. High school, the whole nine yards. From the hood and everything back in the day. So we bleed 49er football. <clears throat> but, man, Croc, there's so much we can talk about, like Shanahan. With Shanahan, to me, I think everybody don't understand. He's young, bro. You look at these young guys. He's been in the Super Bowl. You look at what McVay. What's what's the Rams coach? Yeah, McVay. They 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 lay eggs. They, I just don't think they had the experience that some of these OG coaches got. Look, Andy Reid took so many losses, NFC Championship games, and then he finally got over the hump. I think experience really helped him. Shanahan, I think he dwells off the injuries, bro. I swear to you. I think when the season started. Here we go again with these injuries. I feel like when our team is healthy, we could beat anybody. Healthy, anybody. So when this when it started happening, I honestly feel like he tanked the season, especially with um Trey. How do you give a guy 16 times the ball? 
16 times he gave him. Maybe he caught 10 of those, and Trey ran six on his own, made it 16 times. But I think Trey's not his guy, bro, to be honest with you guys. I think, oh, this is what you wanted? Okay, I'll give you what you want. You, This is what you how you want me to use him? I'm going to show you guys. How do you give this kid the ball to run? I mean, these were like quarterback draws. Like, here, go ahead, run. We all know the NFL not for long. He going to get hurt. And what happened? He get hurt. So it's like he ain't bringing him along. And then I think the team started winning, and he was like, wait a minute. We could start winning again. I think he seen the hungry in the team, and we started doing all these winning, and I think he started coaching again. You know, and then I don't love Jimmy. I like Jimmy. We can win with Jimmy. I look at the roster. I coach. You coach. This is a winnable team, but not this season. Forget about it. I, do I want to go Super Bowl with this team? Hell no. Why not? But, but no, but listen. People bash Jimmy. Okay, let's take let's let's go to the positive side. Did he not drive us all the way down to try to tie the game from the two-yard line? Did he not do the same thing with Green Bay and drove us all the way? I mean, Cincinnati the other day just got the ball back to tie the game. He dude went out three and out. He went three and out, and Jimmy took us all the way down the field twice when the game was on the line. Okay. Oh, we got pass interference. We got that. It happens. It's football. Jimmy's doing his job the best he could. He's not the best quarterback. He's not the greatest quarterback. But I guarantee he's better than half the quarterbacks in this league. Half of them. Guaranteed. And it's just like, I think we bash him because we hold a standard in San Francisco, Montana, Steve Young, even Garcia was even good. You know? And, and it's like, and it's like, I could talk about Steve Young, the stuff I hate about Steve Young. Yes, he's a Super Bowl champion, but everybody could agree to me. Should we got two or three Super Bowls with him? For sure. And he didn't get yeah. it done. When Dallas was whipping our ass, he wasn't getting it done. We had to put an all-star team together to get to get him, get the monkey off his back. Yeah, he got it. He's an all-star. He's a Hall of Famer. But nobody was bashing Steve until he got that. Everybody was bashing him. If we would have kept Montana, I truly believe Montana would have six rings. He would have got us two more. He would have beat those Dallas Cowboy teams by far, for sure, for sure. For sure. You know it. I know it. But they don't go as far back as we do. I'm 48 years old. I've been coaching a long time. I think these young coaches don't know what they're doing. If if Mark my words. If Arizona gets into the Super Bowl, they're going to get their ass whooped. Because that young coach ain't going to know what he's doing. I promise you. And mark my words, too. You might see Tom Brady in New England in the Super Bowl and watch what Belichick does to Tom Brady. So so you think a lot of what Kyle Shanahan is kind of going through this is just new to him. So is, is yeah. he's going to have to go through his lumps like anyone else, right? Like we talk about, you know, He's proven to me and, as a coach because we coach, we coach Croc. I've yeah. been a head coach a long time. Even if it's little ball, whatever you want to call it, youth football, I think situations when you've been there before and you've done something, you don't want to do it again. Or sometimes you go off the moment of the of, of the game. What he did in Atlanta and not run the ball to win the game, because he had ate up the clock. If you'd have just ate up three more minutes, Tom Brady never comes back and wins against Atlanta. Then he did it with San Francisco. Everybody talking about Patrick Mahomes, MVP, Michael Jordan of the league. And it was like, I can get... Garoppolo, everybody to like him if I just let him pass the ball and let him end up getting MVP. If he would have took the timeout 
when there was a drive, it was like six minutes, seven minutes to go. If you would have took a timeout to everybody, we're going to run the ball. This is for the Super Bowl. I don't care. We don't even score. If we can keep the ball for five minute drive, we're going to win the Super Bowl. And what does he do? Throw the ball. Jimmy runs out of bounds, gives him a free timeout. And it's like, how do we lose by 10 or whatever we lost by in the Super Bowl when we're up by 10? Right. So that's a 20 point turnaround. Yes, we're not going to get the calls. And everybody, believe me, we're never going to get the holding calls. San Francisco, for some reason, don't get holding calls. Never. Super Bowl. I mean, another guy, Armstead, he was getting choked almost every play going at the Oh, Armstead's not doing good for us. Oh, we like Buckner. No, he's not better than Buckner, but he does his job. He puts pressure. He has one of the most pressures in the NFL today, and he don't get credit for it. He's getting choked like this. No flag. <laughs> then we see the dude, the dude on offense. Dude didn't even touch him on that drive. That luckily we got the first down with Ayuk. We seen the dude get barely touched, and he put his hands in the air, breath, and they threw the flag. <laughs> I don't know why our receivers. My son said it best, Dad. Everybody when they get barely touched, they throw their hands. Oh my God, it's a flag! It's a flag! And they get it most of the time. We never do. How come dude got raped in the end zone? Was it Godwin? What's his name? It was a uh, receiver. Nah, it was uh, Trent Sherfield. Why didn't he go crazy and throw his hands up? Right. It was obvious. Got to sell it. Got to sell it a little you bit. You got to sell exactly. You got to sell it. And these guys, I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel like we try to be the nice team. We need to bully everybody. It's, it, it it blows me away. But like I back to Shanahan, I really feel like he was tanking the season, man. I feel like, and then when the team started winning. And he started feeling that winning. He got the passion. I felt like he lost his passion. It's like, wow, you lose this running back. Oh, you lose that running back. And then you lose another running back. And then you lose this guy. And you lose that guy. And you lose. It just, here it goes again from the season before. We're all hurt. We're hurt. We're hurt. And I really felt like he tanked the season. And then watching the game, I was laughing last week. That game would have made me mad back in the day. But I was like, I was like oh, it's going to be one of those games, boy. How does this dude catch the touchdown in the end zone? And then it tips off his toe and pops in the air. We get the interception. Then I told right. myself, at the end, I go, watch, watch Seattle give us the ball back to let us make us come back and drive it or win it. It's just that kind of game. And what happens? Fumble. Holy shoot, we got the ball back. We're about to go down and score. And but everybody don't remember. We came from the two-yard line. And what did Jimmy do? He drove us all the way down the field. And you can't bash him. For, nobody's talking about that. Come on, man. You guys were sitting there. Oh, yeah, first down, Jimmy. Oh, oh Kittle's having a great game. No, who's throwing him the ball? Yes, he throws it high. Yes, he does it. Yes, he misses a lot. But lately, I used to hate the guy. But when he gets in a seven-on-seven mode, when he goes empty set, Jimmy's a good quarterback in the empty set. Jimmy finds open people. You know, and it's like, I, honest to God, I hope we keep him next year and let them fight for a starting job. Why? Because if Trey goes down, which I know he's going to get hurt, Who's our next little backup quarterback if we get rid of Jimmy? But Jimmy's too expensive to it, – It's that's the part, Coach. Like, it's not just, you know, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, he could play quarterback, got Trey Lance, whatever. That's 20, 25, 26, 27 million dollars on the books. So you – would you – But if you can't you awesome, let me you got to keep him. And Trey still so under would you rather, contract. Would you rather keep Jimmy Garoppolo – but not be able to get four other players that can really help if, and contribute and start. There, or, if it's there. And that's the only reason why we're not playing Trey Lance, y'all, because we're trying to get our value up for Jimmy. 
We're trying to get something back. That's 120 something million dollars. We trying to get something back for that dude. So let him play. Like you said, if Trey was, I don't think Trey, I don't think we have a better record with Trey right now. If we started him in the beginning of the season. Now, right now, if we don't win the next game, I say we go with Trey Lance for the rest of the season. Right. I think that's what we'll probably see too. Yeah. No, I think that's what Kyle's looking at it. Like, you know what? We just start the kid and get ready and let's see where we go because we lose this week coming up. I think it's over. Season's over. It's over. It's going to be hard against Tennessee. It, it won't be over because of who's on the remaining schedule. So it's like you you could lose this game and you could be six and seven, but then it's like, well, you got the Houston Texans coming up. You got the uh, Atlanta Falcons coming up. You got, you know what I'm saying, Tennessee, but they don't have Derrick Henry and stuff. So, like, it's still favorable, but, yeah, you will need something. Tennessee. I'm going to get you off, Coach Rob. I'm going to get you off and get the next caller on, but I appreciate you coming on, Coach. For sure. Hey, man, I love you guys. Keep looking at my boy. He's doing great things for that, where he's at, man. I love you, dog. Yeah, all right, Coach. Love you too, Coach. All right, that's my Coach Rob right there. Here we go. Uh, As much as y'all want Jimmy gone, he probably feel the same. I, I think so. That's why he's laughing in the post-conference. Like, and I'm not saying – I don't want to make it seem like I just want Jimmy gone. To me, everything is like, what's the value? And I don't think, you know, the value of having Jimmy Garoppolo – okay, you keep Jimmy Garoppolo, but, you know, or use $27 million for four other players that could potentially start. Lose Jimmy Garoppolo, go get you a legit corner. Go get you a legit edge rusher. Go get you, uh, you know, a legit right tackle, a guard. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that's how I look at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, you're six and six with him right now. Six and six with him. I would let him go, put all that money and resources towards some players and really kind of build that roster around your young quarterback who's extremely talented, just needs to play. So that's just kind of my perspective on that. I don't think it's so much like, I just want Jimmy going. If if we were talking about Jimmy coming in at, you know, $8 million, like, all right, you know, that's different. Got my guy Roscoe coming on. What's up, Chris? What's up, Crack? I wasn't going to say much, but then Coach came on. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Shout out to Coach, man. He was good. I like Coach. But I got to yeah. disagree with Coach. Uh, there's 32 NFL teams in the league. I legit can name eight teams that Jimmy is better than their quarterback. That's it. <laughs> Eight teams. And we don't we don't give Jimmy credit for that last drive because guess what? At the end of the day, we didn't get it done. Right. I, I'm not going to praise somebody for an incomplete assignment. He didn't get it done. If you look at the whole second half, matter of fact, and I mean everybody plays a part, but he played a big part. So we started off we started off the second half with a fumble from Travis Benjamin, right? Then I believe the defense gets us the ball back. Then I think we get the uh, the uh, the safety. Jimmy, I, I feel like he held on the ball a little too long. He could have got the ball out of there. I'm not going to fully blame him. I would say it's 50-50, you know, because the lineman did get blown up. But Jimmy held on to the ball and tried to run. I, I, I'm i just like, bro, you, you just got to get the ball out fast. 
And then guess what happened after the two point uh, the uh what do you call it the uh, safety? What happened after the safety, Croc? Uh, interception the digs. Was it and then right what happened the after that? Yeah, he threw a pick right after that. And then and then we go punt punt. One of those punts was the high throw to Brandon A. You go wide open, Brandon A. You and why are you throwing the ball way high? I didn't get on him for throwing it high against the uh, Cardinals when A. You caught it and then fumbled. But this time it's like, bro, you, you're making these, you're making wide open plays where it should be a pitch and catch. You're making it like really hard. But you're do you know why? It impossible. Do I know why? Yeah. That's probably because some some mechanics. Somebody said not getting his feet set. I don't know. I'm not a quarterback guru. No, no, it, it just comes down just, to one thing. Jimmy's just Jimmy's not very accurate. Oh yeah, no, he's not. Very, I mean, he uh, it, to start out the Vikings game uh, last week, he was that ball was selling everywhere. He he got calmed down, played well. This game, the ball was everywhere. The ball was all over the place. I, the the throw to use check on the sidelines, like bro, you gotta hit that. How do you miss that throw? Another wide open guy. I'm not gonna. I'm, I just can't let people come up here and cap for Jimmy Garoppolo when the ball is selling everywhere, going either which way, and then he's throwing picks. It's like, bro, no, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a top fifteen quarterback in this league. That's even. That's actually crazy to say nowadays. He's actually a bottom quarterback in this league. Again, thirty two teams. I could say eight teams, eight quarterbacks. Jimmy's better than. Out of the starters right now, like as of now. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not very good. He doesn't get credit for that last drive because at the end of the day, he didn't get it done. And guess what? It wasn't completely on Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl. Jimmy G checked out of run plays. Which was the right thing to do according to how they have it coached up. Yes, no, 100%. But we can't say, oh, you know, it's all Kyle Shanahan fought. If anything, the only thing maybe you could say is no matter what, we're running the ball. Don't check out of these plays. One thing, one thing, one. Kyle Shanahan could have said that, right. but that's like, come on, man. That's We're playing the technicalities of it. At the end of the day, Jimmy checked out of those run plays. So I'm not going to fully blame Kyle Shanahan for what happened. And also, uh, I, I, some people want to get on the defense you know, not not everybody, but I, you know, I was just you know strolling along in the Twitter sphere and everything. I think people need to to understand context. The defense actually really only gave up twenty one points, and I think we, Croc, uh, uh, do you know how many points we gave up off of the turnovers? Not including Probably, safety, I mean, include safety. I mean, you had you had two picks that both resulted in the opposing team's territory. The safety, obviously, that's two points, and you had a fumble that set Seattle up with short. Field. So I, I'd assume a good amount. <laughs> well, because I think it was only three or seven points. Let's let's just let's just say three, right? Let's just say the defense gave up three points off the turnovers. You had a special teams touchdown. You had a safety. That's nine points. And then you had the turnovers. I mean, you, you, you the Niners go down, score off the turnovers. That's like what twelve points. Seattle scored 30 points. 
Y'all do the math. I think what that's 18 points. Our defense really allowed 18 points. And two of those, and 14 of those points <coughs> solely goes on Lenore. <clears throat> but overall, I thought the defense, if, if if your defense is only giving up 18 points, you should be able to win the game. But guess what? We got shut out in the second half. Zero points. Dud. Nothing. Zero. <laughs> so I, at the end of the day, I, I, you know what? Look, Trey Lance, I, I believe he's our guy. His time will come. I don't believe in a wasted season. People got to understand just, yes, he didn't play, but there are many valuable, valuable things he can learn. You know, uh, a little bit from Jimmy. I, I would say maybe something. I don't know. Learning how to be a pro, learning how to manage your time. That is very important in the NFL. If you don't know how to manage your time, know how to be a pro, there's a lot There's a lot of bad that can happen, as y'all seen with the Raiders, as you've seen with Ryan Leaf, as you've seen with Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. Those guys weren't, weren't just bad. They were bad off the field. That led to them being trash on the field. There's a lot of yeah. things that Trey Lance learning off. Well, Trey uh, learning, already, but, you know, I had I had one of Trey's uh, former teammate in my spaces yesterday. His teammate. You should bring him on the show. You should I know, him on the show. Maybe I'll bring him on the show. I'll see if he wants to come on the show tomorrow. But he was in the spaces, so I got to just ask him a bunch of questions about Trey Lance. It was really cool. Really good information. He said what he said. He was a good kid, hardworking kid. Yeah, he was like, man, I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. But he said. First person in, last person out. Like he said, like was really yeah. smart. He and, had a lot of and, good things and, to say. And, said didn't have any issues with like accuracy and stuff. He was like, you know, he missed a throw here and there, but he said, you know, I think he's he's like uh, he's very uh he was very accurate. He was a great leader. He said, you know, they brought the other quarterback because I thought they brought the other quarterback in to start. He said they were worried to to have Trey. They really like Trey and they wanted him to be the starter, but they were just a little worried because. He uh, was just so young, and they never had a quarterback that young start for them. Like the, he was saying that uh, 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 what's his name, Carson Wentz. He was like Carson Wentz was like a redshirt junior when he started, or something like that. He was like, uh, and Easton Stick was there before, so he was like, you know, they had Trey Lance, and you know he was so young, and he was like, you know, they put so much on their quarterbacks. He was like, you know, he had a lot of responsibility, uh, you know, controlling that that offense. And they didn't know if he'd be able to handle it because he was so young, but that's familiar. Yeah, huh? he, he he had a lot of he had a lot of uh, good things to say about Trey Lance. Said that he feels and, like and, if Trey Lance had been starting the whole time, he was like, "Listen, I'm not a 49er fan, and I might be a little biased because you know I played with Trey Lance." But he was like, "If if he'd been playing the whole time, I have I I think he'd be just fine." And some of the issues y'all saw early on with his misses and stuff, he'd improve on those things because of the work ethic. That's what he was saying. But I'll, I'll have him come on so to speak himself. A hundred percent agree. I a hundred percent agree with everything that was just said right there. But I, I, mm -hmm. I do feel like he can learn some things sitting on the bench. I mean, yeah, you said it. He, he can learn something. And at the end of the day, we got to understand he's going to get all the first teams. And I don't believe in no bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back. That's a no-no. He's done. He's out of here. He's gone. Bye. Jimmy is going to get all the snaps next year. I mean, not Jimmy, uh, Trey. Trey's going to get all the snaps, all the first-team snaps. That is valuable. He's going to get it all the reps. And you know my motto, you got to let rookies grow. And you're going to have to let a first-year starter grow as well. So, Team Trey, 
uh, Team Niners. I want the Niners to win. I want the Niners to beat the Bengals. But we'll talk about the Bengals tomorrow. All right, Croc, I'm out of here. All right. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. How I get All over right. a loss? I make cookies. I bake. I eat. All right, I'm out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my guy, Chris. Shout out to my guy, Chris, man. Uh, we got my guy right here. I I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name, but he says, got to have a 40 inch vert to play with Trey Lance. I mean, excuse me, Jimmy. I yeah, Trey Lance too, probably, because he be throwing high as hell too sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, both quarterbacks. You got, you know what the 49ers need? They need that big target. I said this before, man, you got, you got Trey Lance. He can throw high. He can throw high. Do what they did for Cam Newton. They got him six, five receivers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They gave him a speedster. They gave him a speedster with Tegan who can stretch the field. And when, and when you have guys, a guy running past people, all you got to do is just throw it as far out as you can. You don't got to be hella accurate. Let me just throw it out there. And then you have a guy like Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches, 6'5 receivers who, hey, I just got to throw it in the area. And if I miss a little high, it's cool because they have the catch radius. So, yeah, get, get Jimmy and Trey. Get them some big receivers. Kyle wants all these speedy guys that – Really quick, shifty, then get open real right now. But your catch radius with those guys is, it's it's it shrinks. You have to be much more accurate. You have to be much more accurate. Here we go, same right here, man. I've been screaming that for years. Clark, they have all these small receivers, and I like small receivers. But if you have a a, a quarterback who ha has a tendency to not be as accurate, Jimmy is not accurate, right? He can throw in the area. But he's not as accurate, right? Same thing with Trey Lance. Trey Lance is not accurate. He can throw in the area, and he can make all the throws to all levels of the field, but he's not just this pinpoint, precise guy that's going to put it right exactly where you need it every single time. He will, but that's not his thing, right? So get him a big-body guy to where you can throw in the area, and he can make that grab for you. And you don't have to have Tom Brady accuracy, Drew Brees accuracy. They just let Funches go. I think it was yesterday. They they signed another receiver to the practice squad. So no more, no more Funches. All right, y'all, man. We've been on here uh, for a while now, an hour and 41 minutes. We usually go an hour and a half. I saw my guy, Ben, that wanted to come on. Ben, come in tomorrow, and you'll be the first person on. I'll have you on before everybody else. I got to get out of here. I'm supposed to go work out right now. I said I'm I said I'm gonna start taking care of myself. So y'all gotta start taking care of yourselves too. All right, I'm about to go work out. Y'all go work out. If you don't have access to a gym or something right now, you can do stuff around the home. Get you a medicine ball, those things work wonders. Get you some air squats in, get you some push-ups in, some sit-ups, you know what I'm saying? Get you some mountain climbers in. There's all kinds of things you can do. 20-minute workout on your carpet, on your hardwood floor, just a 20-minute workout at home. You know what I'm saying? Let's start getting better. Let's start making healthier choices with the way we're eating. I want to see everybody in here consistently, everybody healthy, all that good stuff. All right. But y'all know what it is. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Make sure you download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code Crocky. Manscaped. All right. Stop walking around looking crazy. Go get sexy for your lady. Manscaped.com. Promo code Crocky. Go get the performance pack 4.0 and get 20% off when you use my promo code Crocky. But until next time, I'll see y'all tomorrow morning. Same time, same place, 6.30 a.m. Pacific time, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. I'm out, y'all. Love y'all. Hats coming soon. 49ers edition. Let's go. Peace. Intercepted. It is picked off by Aaron Rodgers.
Talk TV podcast. Talk TV podcast. Talk TV podcast. Talk TV podcast. Talk TV podcast.